What is kindness and how do you teach it? Kindness is defined as the quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate. Kindness goes beyond being nice. Would you prefer people to describe you to be kind or nice? There can be a lack of sincerity in just being nice. There is often a perception of doing the minimum. Being kind is doing intentional, volunteer acts of kindness. Not only when it's easy to be kind, but when it's hard to be. Kindness is a movement. Has someone ever done something kind to you and all you wanted to do after was pay it forward? That's because kindness is a chain reaction. It's a way that keeps rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling. And all it needs is one person to start it. One small kind act can cause a ripple effect that impacts an entire community. If we are all focused on being kind, we are creating a movement of change. You know that famous, be the change you wish to see in the world quote? That quote isn't just about change and it isn't only about one person being able to change their world. It's bigger. It is about a movement that can be started from one person acting with intention. Kind is love. Love is kind. Think about what love entails and what it means to love someone. Well, that's kindness. It's being selfless, caring, compassionate, and unconditionally kind. Like love, it takes practice to understand and feel it. We share love with others through kind acts such as a smile, a nice word, an unexpected deed, or a planned surprise. When we offer these acts to others, we make people feel good. We pass along hope. We promote peace. We show the power of kindness. Kindness is grace. We are humans and therefore we make mistakes. We can be kind in our response to ourselves and others when those mistakes occur. This means thinking before speaking, forgiving before seeking revenge, and thinking about long-term relationships instead of short-term pride. If we could all remember that none of us are perfect, we would be a lot kinder to each other. Offer grace. Be kind. Here's a little word, something that you've heard. It makes people happy all around the world. See if you can guess. It finishes with miss. Starts with a K. Hmm. It's kindness.
Kindness is something you feel inside. Kindness is something you see. If I am kind to everyone, kindness comes back to me. I could pick you a flower. kindness is, how can we encourage more of it? Here are a few ideas to remember kindness in your life and inspire others as well. Be kind to yourself. It's in our nature to learn by watching others, which is why it is so important to be kind to yourself and show kindness to those around you. People and kids especially can learn kindness just by seeing what you do. Practice, practice, practice. One of the best ways to teach kindness to others is by being intentional about it. Volunteer, give compliments, donate to charity, hold the door for someone. There are so many ways to be an example of kindness. What better way to teach kindness than to show it? And say thank you. 
people are continually learning right and wrong through associative learning. When you see someone being kind or notice it from a family member or friend, make sure to tell them you appreciate what they did. Positive reinforcement helps people want to do more good deeds and reminds people to act with intention. What are some kindness synonyms? For reference, when you hear or see the following words, think of kindness, benevolence, care, compassion, concern, courtesy, friendliness, gentleness, goodness, goodwill, grace, gracious, heart, helpfulness, hospitality, loving, neighborly, patience, philanthropic, sweetness, sympathy, tenderness, thoughtfulness, tolerance, understanding, and unselfishness. Some questions to reflect on kindness. When you think of what kindness means to you, what words or actions come to mind? What was the last act of kindness that you saw and how did it make you feel? What was the last act of kindness that you received? How did it make you feel? Now can you think of the last act of kindness you completed. How were you kind to someone else? And how did it make you feel? And what would happen if you committed to performing at least one act of kindness every day?
What Does It Mean to Be Kind by Raina DiOrio. What does it mean to be kind? Does it mean trying to please others? No. Does it mean giving gifts expecting something in return? No. Does it mean pretending you like something you don't? No. Being kind means smiling at the new student in class, giving someone a sincere compliment, holding the door open for someone else, sticking up for someone who is being bullied, Seeing the best in people even when they are struggling to be their best. Forgiving someone who has hurt you. Helping an injured or lost animal. Being patient even when you are in a hurry. Saying please and thank you. You're welcome and I'm sorry. Celebrating differences in others. Encouraging someone who needs support. Picking up trash that isn't yours. Allowing yourself to make mistakes and to learn from them. Noticing when someone is sad and taking the time to understand why. Caring for those less fortunate than you are. Being kind means having the courage to treat others the way you like to be treated. So, show your friends what it means to be kind and spread the word. If we can all be kind to each other and to ourselves, our world will be more loving, caring, and harmonious. Empathy is being able to know how someone else is feeling, even when you are not in the same situation, or being able to put yourself in someone's shoes and see things from their view. Empathy is a skill we can practice. Empathy is an understanding that other people have feelings and that those feelings count. Practicing empathy helps us learn how to engage with the people around us while building social problem-solving skills. When kids take care of living things such as babies, animals, or plants, they are developing their empathy skills. Empathy is a key skill for many careers where people care for living things. Dog walkers, nurses, park rangers, teachers, and others all need to have strong empathy skills as they take care of living things. Playing pretend Caring for a family member and listening to friends are ways kids can practice empathy. And these activities can help them explore their interests 
or find new ways to help others throughout their lives. How can you tell if a child is becoming more empathetic? They respond to others' emotions. They may show concern when a sibling or friend is upset or try to comfort them. They consider other people's perspectives. Empathetic children can imagine things from someone else's point of view. For example, they may understand why a classmate is sad after losing a game or why a sibling is angry when their toy is taken away. They apologize when they are wrong. When a child is building empathy, they become more aware of how their actions affect others. They may apologize for hurting someone's feelings or making a mistake. They might offer a hug or to fix a problem they caused. They ask about others' feelings. Being curious about others' emotions is a sign a child is developing empathy. They may ask questions like, Why is he crying? Or, what's wrong with her? This curiosity shows they're trying to understand others' emotions and experiences. Empathy develops over time and can be different for every child. As parents and caregivers, we can help them become more empathetic by showing patience, love, and understanding. By supporting and encouraging their emotional growth, You'll be helping your child build their empathy skills and develop healthy relationships throughout their life.
Welcome to Math Adventures for Young Minds, the segment where we make learning math fun and exciting. Today, our episode will be dedicated to counting to 100 and learning addition facts 11 and 12. Grab your thinking caps and get ready for a fantastic math adventure.
combining numbers to find the total or sum. For example, if you have 12 apples and someone gives you three more, how many apples do you have in total? If you have 12 apples and someone gives you three more, how many apples do you have in total? You have 15 apples, 12 Plus 3 equals 15. Here's another one. If you have 11 oranges and someone gives you 5 more, how many oranges do you have in total? If you have 11 oranges and someone gives you 5 more, how many oranges do you have in total? You have 16 oranges. 11 plus 5 equals 16. Let's learn our addition facts. Sing along and do the best you can Have some fun and you'll learn them fast Let's learn our addition facts 11 plus 0 is 11 11 plus 1 is 12 11 plus 2 is 13 11 plus 3 is 14 11 plus 4 is 15 11 plus 5 is 16 11 plus 6 is 17 11 plus 7 is 18 11 plus 8 is 19 11 plus 9 is 20 11 plus 10 is 21 Let's learn our addition facts Sing along and do the best you can 
12 plus 0 is 12 12 plus 1 is 13 12 plus 2 is 14 12 plus 3 is 15 12 plus 4 is 16 12 plus 5 is 17 12 plus 6 is 18 12 plus 7 is 19 12 plus 8 is 20 12 plus 9 is 21 12 plus 10 is 22 Let's learn our addition facts Sing along and do the best you can Have some fun and you'll learn them fast Let's learn our addition facts Learn our addition facts Remember, practice makes perfect. The more you practice, the faster you will become at solving addition problems. We will be back soon for more math adventures to embark upon. Keep exploring the world of numbers. And until next time, keep counting and keep learning with math. Mrs. Bernice Presley. We are honored today to feature outstanding historians led by a young man, Dr. Frederick Douglass. Dr. Frederick Douglass is also a person who has done extensive work in black history. He has read all of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. books. We're in for a treat today because Dr. Frederick Douglass is one of the members of the Black History and Culture Rainbow team here in Lake City, Florida. As Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, I have a dream. Dr. Frederick Douglass has a dream also. His dream is to honor the people in Lake City and the surrounding area and all over the world by presenting black history knowledge so that it would extend them educationally. At this time, as Mr. Preston always said, the microphone is yours. So Dr. Frederick Douglass, the microphone is yours. And I know you're going to use it extensively. Dr. Douglass. Well, after a grand introduction, I must say thank you and I'm very honored privileged and pleased to be able to be a part of this Hour of Excellent podcast, and I am also very honored and privileged to be one of Ms. Presley's brightest and most fortunate students of the Rainbow Team, as well as one of her dignitarians, and definitely this has been a great honor to be able to present the HTTP, the Historical Time Traveling Project. And we have some young men here that I want to introduce and explain what this particular project is about. I'm basically going to jump into my time machine, and I'm going to travel through time, and we're going to find some very important figures, some very important people who helped shape this world and did productive things, did righteous things that helped people all over this world. 
but I'm going to have to take my time in trying to find these people. So let's introduce a few folks here who are going to help with this project, starting with Rakeem Amerson Sr., born in August 29, 1996, in Miami, Florida. He is the son of Edith Gaddis and a graduate of the Lake City Christian Academy. He is an operator, Florida certified operator, and of the hazardous materials and chemicals. He drives trucks with all types of products that not everybody can drive. You got to be certified to be able to drive chemicals and hazardous materials across the road, or you might run into somebody and blow up everything. This man is certified to take these things across the border, and we appreciate him for everything he do. We also have another dignitary in here, Brother Arsenio Perry. Arsenio Perry is a resident of Columbia County, the class of 1999, graduated from Columbia High School. He served his country in the U.S. Army. He was deployed in Afghanistan, and he did a, out, an outstanding job there where he fought for these states that's united in America. He is also a graduate of Florida Gateway College with an AA degree in business administration and a bachelor's degree from St. Leo in project management. His wife, Ms. Jamie Perry, was born in a family of five. And their love in this community and their family and friends and their worship at the Church of Christ has been outstanding. We're thankful for Brother Arsenio Perry being able to join us in this HTTP. Last but not least, we also have Pastor Travis George. Pastor Travis George is the husband of Miss Robin George. He is the pastor of Mount Pleasant, Mount Pleasant Missionary Baptist Church. He's the father of five, father of five, and a beautiful little grandchild. He is an alumni of the Bethune Cookman University, and he also serves as the president, the head honcho, the big man in charge of the Northeast Florida Alumni Association for Bethune Cookman. These men are going to help me in my time traveling project. In this documentary, we're going to be talking to some very important people. So. Folks, get ready. We're going to jump into my time traveling machine, and we're going to take off over here to the 18th century, also known as the 1700s. Now, I'm traveling, and I'm passing about, whoa, 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 just a second. Look at who I see. There's someone down here with leopard skin on the floor and lion cloths on the wall with cheetah hanging up on the side. This man looked very important. Got ivory tusk up here hanging at the door and all kind of jewels. I think I better go down and check this guy. I don't know who he is. Let me see what's going on here. I'm going to go down here right now and see. Excuse me, sir, sir. Sir, who are you? I am a time traveler. I, I, I come in peace. No, 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 no. Guards, check him. No, 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 sir. I, I, I come in peace, please. Do you not know who I am? No, no, please, sir. Let, let me know. Who, who are you? I am... King Zulu. Shaka. Oh, my gosh. I'm I'm standing in front of a king. Uh, 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 sir, will you please? I am I, the son of King Zulu. Zinzaka Zunjagamua. Spun as a legitimate son. I was born in Southern Africa. Oh, my gosh. And, and, and so 
you're actual king, sir, Shaka Zulu, and I know there's a bunch of things that you have done in time. I, I wonder, can you tell us something important about yourself? My father, which has taught upon me, I have refined the military system in support. Until this day, in your modern time, they still use my method. Oh, my goodness. I did not know that this man's system of military strategic is still being used in the Pentagon right here in the United States of America. King Shaka Zulu, I am honored and privileged to have been able to meet you. So wait a minute. I see Spears. He, he says it's time for me to go. I'm going to jump back in my time machine and uh, blast on off over here into the... 19th century, also known as the 1800s, because the king don't have too much more time for me over here. But as I'm traveling, I notice somebody else who looked kind of sporty down here. It looked like he got a lab coat on down here. Let me go check this guy out. Excuse me, sir. We, can, can, I, can I have a minute of your time, please? Uh, yes, how may I help you? Uh, sir, you mind introducing yourself? You look like a very important man to me. Uh, yes, my name is Dr. Daniel Hale Williams. I was born January 1856. If you do not know who I am, I am the first African-American surgeon who also founded the Providence Hospital in 1891. It was the first non-segregated hospital in the United States. Oh, my goodness. Wait just a second. Sir, I'm, I'm a time traveler, and I'm looking for certain important people that helped shape this world and made it be a better place than what it is today. And, and during the 1800s, you you do understand that people of our color and, and our race was not that easy for us to be able to go and start building hospitals and, and become a doctor. Can you tell me anything important or significant what you did as a doctor? Yes, time traveler. Well, what I did, as I've mentioned, I had founded the Providence Hospital in 1891, which also provided a training resident for doctors and training black African nurses in Chicago. Uh, at that time in America, black doctors were not allowed to practice any private hospital, so I had to put an end to that and seek to make a change in America. So in 1893, I became the first African-American on record to perform a successful surgery, heart surgery, on a patient in 17... In 1891, September the 6th. Wait just a second. You mean to tell me you performed the first open heart surgery? Yes, that is a correct time traveler. Oh, my gosh. Well, listen, Dr. Daniel Hale Williams, it was an honor and privilege. I know that people all over the world use this procedure. And I am very honored and privileged to have met you, but I must be leaving here because I'm on a specific time schedule, and I need to blast on off over here into the 20th century and out to the 1900s. And, and wait just a second. It looks like I see another important. This guy got even a cleaner white coat than Dr. Hale Williams. Let me, let me check this out. Uh, excuse me, sir. Can I, can I have a, a moment of your time, please? Uh, yes, sir. You can. Uh, do you mind, I mean, sir, you look like a very important dignitarian here and everything with the lab coats and medical coats on. Do you mind if I can ask you to introduce yourself, please? I'm a time traveler, and I'm trying to find some information about important people who help shape this world. Uh, of course. My name is Dr. Charles Richard Drew. Dr. Charles Drew. Now, Dr. Charles Drew, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, like your people, your family, or, or where you was born, where you was born? 
Of course. Uh, I was born in 1904, Washington, D.C. My father, Richard, was a carpet layer, and my mother was a teacher. Also, uh, I graduated from Dunbar High School, which was known for being racially equal, which was something we were looking for back uh, in the early 1900s. I went to Amherst College on an athletic scholarship. I applied to several schools here in the U.S. of A., but none of them would take me. So I did attend college in Canada at McGill's Medical School in Montreal, to be uh, specific. And I learned so many great things while I was there. And it was there that that I really took to um, my social class, which allowed me to become a member of Alpha Omega Alpha. Well, I tell you one thing right now, Dr. Charles Drew, it is amazing that you did not let these barriers in America stop you from getting a college education in the medical field. You went all the way to another country up in Canada just to go and get your medical degree. That is awesome. Sir, can you tell us, doctor, a little bit about what you did in the medical industry? Of course. Uh, I was more so interested in hematology, how the blood works. So I did a lot of work with the preservation of blood, specifically in larger quantities. Uh, I helped with the blood banks and, and the mobile blood units with helping patients because it was at that time important to be able to get blood to patients in a safe but yet efficient manner. And that's what I really loved to do was the, the preservation of blood because I understood the importance of, of how much humans needed blood, especially during war times, when there's uh, loss of blood to soldiers who might get wounded during battle. So it was important for us uh, to really, uh, really develop a, a process on helping people get blood when they needed it. Well, I tell you one thing right now. So basically, Dr. Charles Drew, you're telling me you're responsible for preserving blood, separating the plasma, then that means you're responsible for all of the blood banks that I see in my present daytime. All of those blood banks, and and what about those little trucks that be collecting blood and always riding around town and asking people to donate blood? Can you tell me a little bit about that? Uh, Yes, sir. So I was responsible for that as well because it was essential for us to be able to to get blood, as I was saying. However, due to uh, segregation, with uh, blood, I ended up having to retire as the director uh, uh, for for American Red Cross. I had to retire from there, and it was because of that segregation. We could not see eye to eye with a lot of my constituents in the medical field, and it was it was a cumbersome process for me. So I did retire because of the segregation issue. I grew up at a high school that did not care about segregation. So why would I serve in a world that now that became an issue? So I did retire. And it, it was a it was a very, uh, very hard process for me, but due to the Hippocratic Oath, I had to take that stand. Um, are there still any more blood mobiles around now? Yes, sir, indeed. There are blood mobiles all over the world. And I, I, I'm just amazed, Dr. Charles Drew, because of you, you saved so many lives during World War II with these blood mobiles and the blood plasma and the blood banks until 
I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't know that it's you that's responsible for saving those lives back then and even in present time now. Dr. Charles Drew, it was an honor to meet you. I must be, although I still got more errands to run and more traveling to do through these centuries, and we finna bump on up here to another part of the 20th century here because I see somebody down here that looks like a real dignitarian, looks like a real disciplined man, and I want to go and meet who he is on, oh my goodness, he, he looked pretty sharp with his bow tie on. Excuse me, sir, uh, uh, may I ask you, uh, may you introduce yourself? I'm a time traveler. I'm trying to find out some information from some very important people who helped shape this world. How you doing there, young brother? You say you're a time traveler. My name is Malcolm Mix. I was born as Malcolm Little in May 19th, but 1925, but most of you know me by Michael Mix. I thought that was you, Brother Malcolm. I just want to say that, man, I've always been a fan of a lot of your work and a lot of things that you've done, and I just want to say it's an honor to meet you. You know, I don't roll down plenty of your streets and avenues in the future here. You might not have seen them yet, but um, I'm going to just let you know right now, Doctor. I mean, excuse me, I, I don't want to mix you up with Dr. King because I know y'all probably weren't too friendly with each other there. Is that true? Well, there's many speculations that we wasn't friendly with each other, but I have no animosity with any brother that's trying to work for the for the righteous of good for every man. We met in Washington, D.C. Uh, in March of 1964. We had a good talk about the debate over the civil rights movement in front of the U.S. Capitol. So me and my, uh, Martin Luther King, we had a great relationship. And we didn't see eye to eye on thing, but we had a great understanding that the main goal was better rights for all of us there in America. Listen, Brother Malcolm, I'm very pleased to hear that because a lot of people have a misunderstanding in my time and era. They think that y'all was enemies or something, but you telling me y'all hanging out at the White House discussing civil rights issues. And it's an honor and a privilege to meet you, Brother Malcolm. Thank you for taking a little bit of time here. Now, I must, I really want to stay here and talk with you some more, but I got to jump back on this time traveling machine so I can get up here to the 21st century and meet just maybe one more person here I'm trying to look for in our current time. Thank you so much, Brother Malcolm. Well, I'm telling you, this documentary has been great. I, I've got to get back to my present time, and, whoa, lo and behold, look who I see. It's somebody down here on a riding lawnmower down here riding around. Let me go check this guy out. Let me see who this is. Hey, 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 boy, what you doing on my line over here like that, right there, right there? You don't need to come up here walking on my line. Don't park your, your car over here on my line either. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me, Mr. Presley. That's Mr. Presley. <laughs> Mr. Presley is me, one of your favorite Rainbow students. Hey, hey, ain't you that boy who used to come to my house and eat up all those steaks and, 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 and get all my Whopper coupons and eat up all the food every other night? Whoa. Whoa, Mr. Prince, whoa, Mr. Prince. I ain't know I ate up that much food. But look, I'm I'm the guy that went with you and helped register people to vote all over Columbia County area and surrounding counties. I'm, I'm the guy that went with you to all of those different NAACP conventions and conferences. I'm the guy that went with you for the men for social change, the youth for Christ. I'm the guy that, hey, don't, don't, don't tell me all this, that boy. I've been, I've been doing this for years, and I probably taught you how to drive because I was teaching out there at the school, showing people how to drive and coaching them how to play basketball. Yeah, yes, sir, Mr. Press, I understand. Listen, I, I'm just letting you know I'm, I was on a time-traveling project, and it was an honor to see you, and I just want to know if you could introduce yourself a little bit to us. A little bit. Well, 
I guess I tell you, I'm the son of Mr. Mrs. Leroy Presley. I was born down there in Clearwater, and uh, on April the 16th, and I really don't want to tell you the year, but I'm going to put it like this here. You don't know too many 90-year-old civil rights activists, movers, activists that's still around here doing their thing. Mr. Presley, you're absolutely right. You, you, you're absolutely right. I understand that you're 90 years plus years and have been doing this fight for a long time. So I ain't going to hold you up too much longer. And I just want to say that out of all these great people that we met, you definitely on the top of the list for being one that has helped shape this community, this whole world with the works that you have done. And I thank you for all of those things you have done. God bless and you stay safe. Well, folks, that ends this documentary on time traveling for meeting all of these significant people. And I hope that you learned something today with the different kings and the different doctors and the different civil rights activists that sometimes we don't get to hear about. So you stay blessed, God bless, and stay safe. Thank you, Ms. Presley. Thank you, Dr. Frederick Douglass, for an outstanding presentation. And I'm, I know everyone who heard this, everyone has learned something. This was extensive knowledge that you've given to the community. And as I said, without black history, there is no history. And I'm hoping that this is the beginning of something great that's going to happen in Lake City, Columbia County, and the whole world. You and your historians, you are destined for greatness. And I want you to continue to continue to spread what everyone is liking, most people like it, and that's the knowledge of our history. Our history should not be concentrated in one month. No, no, no. 365 days, 366 days. Because I cannot say enough, without black history, there's no history. And Dr. Frederick Douglass, you took time from your busy schedule, and you got all of these dignitaries together. And they have done a fantastic job. I have learned something from them. I have learned something. I really have. Don't let this be your last presentation, Dr. Frederick. Keep these feathers together. And also expand the group because I need to know that Dr. Charles Drew died because a white hospital would not give him a blood transfusion. And he, he discovered blood banking. We need to know those things so we can appreciate, we can appreciate and be proud of who we are. So I thank you, thank you, thank you for doing this for me. Columbia County, and the whole world. I want you to go all the way up to Washington with this. Absolutely. Expand your presentation. Because we will be, this is helpful to the children. Because children are a gift from God. Psalm 127.3, children are a gift from God. And we need to let these children know that they are truly someone special. And for the men to get together the way that you did, I am proud of you. You are our leaders. We need you. And thank you, Dr. Frederick. It was a pleasure. And all of the others, I don't know who they are, but you, you, you want to say something, so this is your hour to so say as much as you want to, because I have no stop 
to this and praising you and letting everybody know how wonderful the historians who presented tonight. So, Frederick, you can go. Dr. Frederick, you can say whatever you want to now. This I, is I your hour. I want to say that it was a blessing to be able to work with these men of God. They all came with no problems and no stresses and were eager to help, and I really give them all the honor. I don't take any credit to myself because it was nothing that I could do by myself. These men came up and noticed that, hey, this podcast is a way to get some information out there that people may not know, and it's for all ages, uh, uh, young, you know, young adults, children, as well as the senior citizens. And the plan is to be able to put together a skit or a play where we will have props and different actors and characters to make it fun for children and families to be able to view, like you said, this is not just black history, it's American history, world history, it's our history. And without it, it wouldn't be no history. So I'm very thankful they all helped. And they, these men of God, I wouldn't have been able to do anything without. 